day, everybody, and welcome to the House of Mario, the South Australian Nintendo podcast that is backed by 120 Power Star Rating. I'm your host, Drew Agnew, and the doors to episode 183 are open. This week on the show, we've got a very special guest. His name is Buddy Watson, and surely you've heard him on the show before, but if you haven't, Buddy, it's fantastic uh, to have you here, and hope a lot of people enjoy your sort of gaming journey throughout the years. Thanks, man. It's good to be back, and uh, it's good to see your beautiful face once again. I can't wait to see that beautiful face Hope uh, at the end of the year with her packs, hoping all things go well. So, uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Cool. So that, that's, that's the thing, buddy. I haven't got a ticket yet. Um, I know Bryce is 100% sure he's not going, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want to go. So I'm pretty sure I will secure a ticket just, you know, just to make sure I don't want to get closest to the event and be like, mm, should have uh, should have nailed down a ticket. But got to be got to be honest, buddy. I'm a little bit wary, but I don't know. I know things are getting yeah. better, but yeah, it's tough for, I guess, like people like you or me, interstate travelers, because mm. you don't want to get onto a plane, get down there to Melbourne and all of a sudden you get off a plane. It's like, well, everyone that's not from here has to leave by the end of the day. Uh, or you got to be quarantined here for 14 days or some crazy scenario like that. Like, I guess if that happens, you know, so be it. But mm. um, I guess the worst thing would be getting like caught in a like a quarantined hotel for 14 days, $3,000 out of pocket. So a little bit more risk for people like you or me, but um, hopefully by the end of the year, uh, it's, you know, things are a little bit better. Um, obviously, the government's doing its best to fuck up the, um, the rollout, but uh, <laughs> fingers crossed, <laughs> fingers crossed we get there. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, PAX Australia, it's it's uh, definitely a highlight of my year, and I, I know it's a highlight of like yours and a lot of other of our friends as well. So definitely hope it goes forward, and I hope it is uh, the big fun event that it usually is. Um, but to be honest, I'm just I'll be happy if I just went to Melbourne and went to like one of my mates' place and just played Smash, <laughs> or yeah, play absolutely some, play some games and that. So that that might even be an option on the tables too if um don't necessarily want to go to a big convention center and. You know, do that type of thing too. But yeah, man. Hopefully, hopefully it's all good. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> so, buddy, I've brought I brought you on this episode to uh, talk about your gaming history and uh, a fun little aspect of um, your history as far as you growing up with video games as well. Um, your grandparents had a video game store that uh, you actually uh, participated in, in a lot and found out a lot of uh, games through through them. Which is uh, really interesting. I, I could only imagine um, family members holding a uh, a store like that and being able to like just like, oh, what's this? What's this? What's this? And just having so much flexibility in that with uh, what you can try and all that. So, it's, where do we start? Well, it's it, it's yeah, it, like like you say, it's it is kind of weird looking back at it now because at the time as a kid. Um, you definitely, like, I definitely took that for granted. That was just the norm. That was the business that they owned. So mm. I think my nan and pop started that business when we lived in Mildura, which I guess you would know of yeah. uh, being a South South Australian resident. You would know exactly where Mildura is, um, the top end of Victoria on the border of Victoria, South Australia and uh, New South Wales and the lovely Murray River there. So they were like a military you know, family. We 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 were a military family. I mean, nan and pop were in the, uh, the army. So every three years we'd move around, do the... Um, the uh, assignments or whatever, and um, it was pretty much it. I think Pop wanted to get out of the um, army at that time. Same with Nan as well. They'd had a few kind of 
injuries and, and that kind of stuff. So it was kind of getting past and they'd all each done 20 years plus. So um, there was an opportunity that Pop had with uh, someone that he uh, was friends with through the army and that was to um, purchase this business, uh, which I think at the time there was like another um, type of business that was the same, like a, like a franchise type thing, but there weren't too many around. The, the name of the business was called the, the Game Seller. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so we moved to Mildura. That was the opportunity. I think Nan was still doing recruiting there for like part-time, like for some of the reserves. And yeah, and then Pop uh, went into business with uh, with one of his uh, f- friends from the army. And uh, there you go. They brought, they brought the, um, the, the game seller, which was basically the concept of it was, it was like, it was like a video store, like a video easy or civic video blockbuster or anything. But um, instead of like hiring out, you know, DVDs, or I guess that were VHS at the, at the time. Yeah. Um, it was basically all the games. Instead of having just that little portion of games in the corner, the whole store was dedicated to that. So um, you'd have a complete wall of your Super Nintendo, your Mega Drive, um, at the time, the PlayStation 1, Seeker Saturn, and then Nintendo 64 came out when we had that business as well. So it was just like a plethora of choice. And for me, I think at the time, I would have been maybe nine, uh, eight or nine or ten um, growing up and we had that across a, f- a few years though. So for me thinking about th- what I had in the choice and, uh, all that kind of stuff that I took for granted then mm. now I look back and I'm like, wow, I had like a Netflix. I had the original <laughs> game pass service at my fingertips with, um, all those games on hand. So, uh, yeah, yeah no the super joke. Nintendo would have been my first foray into video games, but like the pop pop shop there, um, was definitely the one that kind of, latched its slashed its claws into me and made me love video games able to like try everything and stuff so um had some really good memories from uh game seller and, and pop owning that that yeah. store yeah was um was your pop into sort of video games before that or was it just a business opportunity that sort of um got laid out before him well a bit of maybe a bit of both because the business would have been I think it was 94 or 95. It's, it's hard to kind of remember through the years. If I'm going and counting in threes, uh, if the deployments were the, like that, would be around that time. Mm. Um, Nan and Prop probably have more accurate memories if I asked them. But I know one Christmas we got the Super Nintendo and that was the, um, we had uh, Super Scope 6. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, which was fantastic. That was the first game we had. And I think we also had, you know the you know the other like Super Mario World and ended up getting getting linked to the past and everything like that. But because Nan and Pop were in the military, like my Nan, she you know she tried the Super Scope and she was actually really good at good at it. So um, that was one of like the first kind of games that we played. And obviously Pop got into it there as well. Um, and then I guess him owning the business, he just had to be on top of things, you know, selling consoles and and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of weird in a way because I kind of do that in my life now with my what my job is so mm. it's come full circle um kind of reflecting on it. wow i've just kind of had that epiphany moment <laughs> <laughs> just yeah just come full circles like wait a minute i'm doing what my pop did selling yeah uh, that's right but um in your job you might be like would you be a bit more honest because it's not necessarily like all your business we're like oh you know you don't need uh you know this uh this b-grade game or whatever on um on xbox one uh, go and get yeah. the best exclusives on PS4. Would you be more like that, or? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I, I think my pop is that kind of character anyway. I think that comes across yeah. um, with a person's character, regardless of whether you're a business owner or not. And mm. people can see through that when you're, you know, being disingenuous um, and kind of 
just making things up on the spot. So um, I'm, you know, in my profession and what I do, um, I'm definitely honest. And, you know, people are like, hey, this Rocket Arena, is this any good? Or, <laughs> uh, or, or you know, should I get this Battleborn or, or what should my kid get or whatever or this, this and this? And you, you go by the age and you, you just you just be honest because I guess that's the best um, that's the best advice you can give. Like you've just got to be as a, like a, as a salesperson or someone that has, you know, can offer this advice to the people that don't know parents or, or, or whatever these new people into gaming um they, they they're trusting you so you know if you're gonna give them something that they may not like or you know is not inside their wheelhouse that you're recommending based on you know kind of getting to know that person then they're gonna remember that and they're gonna know well why did this person dud me i'm not gonna go back to that person there and it, and yeah it's not like i don't know in the business or whatever but and and I I don't have that mentality like it's it's the business I don't care but I'd rather you know the person or a customer I guess um, get the right things they need and also not get gypped like I've had so many experiences when people have come in like oh thank you for being so honest about this game or this accessory or not pushing me to that thing or that this thing or whatever and giving me like honest advice and like they tell me about horror stories at other kind of uh, retailers um, like I just came from X or y or z and they weren't really helpful or, um or even similar uh you know the same place that i work but other other stores of that like well the other guy there wasn't helpful the other girl wasn't there helpful it's just like oh okay well that's just i guess that's just me so yeah and it, it, it makes no sense because like you might get the one sale if you're being dishonest saying oh this is a ripper game you should definitely uh, buy this one you make your 30 bucks but that person will never come back because they'll be like this guy sold me a, a crap game and i'll never be able to take his opinion or his a uh, recommendation at you know surface level ever again but if you if you're like oh you know what this uh you know mario 3d all-stars is pretty good it's, it's three games i'm sure you'll enjoy it and they take it home and their kid absolutely loves it you know, that parent is more likely to come back and be like, all right, what else is good on Nintendo Switch and PlayStation and whatever? Because you did generally give them a great recommendation, which uh, actually benefited them. Yeah, exactly. Like, the, like the, it's the business, the money. I don't make the money here. I don't care. I get paid regardless. So <laughs> um, I don't want my reputation <laughs> as being like, oh, this person doesn't know what they're talking about or they you know, have no idea about the, these type of games or whatever. Like I want them, you know, I want that kind of be a person that you can go to and be trusted so yeah absolutely so one of your first consoles uh, that you mentioned before was the super nintendo um do you have um, many memories of uh like going through whether it's did you did you have like your own games or did you just like borrow borrow the games from the store or um stuff like that i had my own games and then we would just um take from the store i guess Whatever wasn't rented out, we could just take home at the time, um, bring it back to the store the next day, or um, you know, even at the store, there was this cool thing. I guess instead of having arcade cabinets set up, we would have TVs um, lined up like one, two, three, kind of elevated on a shelf. Uh, we had the console down on a shelf below, and then that would go across, and then there'd be a counter, and you'd be able to go and in and say, you know, here's two dollars, um, and you get ten minutes. So instead of going to an arcade and putting one dollar, two dollar in a machine, and maybe dying uh instantly or mm. you know, crapping out or whatever you just pay two dollars for your 10 minutes and as long as we had the game on the shelf you're able to just go up there and say all right cool here's um whatever uh secret of mana i want to try this can i play this here's two dollars there's your 10 minutes 
And as long as it was available, you could just do that. So in the shop, we had like a Super Nintendo, Mega Drive, PlayStation, um, Saturn. I'm pretty sure we had a Nintendo 64. Yeah, we had a Nintendo 64 set up when we got the 64s in as well. Um, and you'd go in there, you pay $2 and say you want to do some multiplayer or whatever, and uh, away you'd go. So I'd be sitting in the store just playing Mario Kart 8 or or Goldeneye, and there'd be people like want to you know just walk up to me and like oh can, can I play and um they would just jump in and uh, I got very good at Goldeneye very quickly as a kid <laughs> and I obliterated some people so um I feel like I kind of like a pool shark even though you know I wasn't getting any of this money but they're like oh, I'm gonna play this kid or whatever so yeah I I could imagine just uh all the time you've got as a kid and having like all that access you just be like yeah. <laughs> Just but I, um, so well. I, I do remember like with the Super Nintendo, like you were saying before about whether I owned the game or um, I borrowed the games mm. and took them home and stuff. Like I remember we kind of had access to like, I'm pretty sure it was Pop's business partner that was kind of really ingrained. And I think he, at one point, he even owned a 3DO, which Ooh. were quite expensive mm. at the time. And I remember like going around his house and we played the, um, the like the, the board game or the, not the board game, but the, like the game show uh trivia type game that was on there and i remember it like being almost like like a dvd setup like a r- r- real people um throwing out the questions and stuff like that but he was also had like the um, ntsc cartridge converter so we had a lot of imported american cartridges as well and um that's actually how i got to play earthbound uh we had a we had a copy of earthbound um with the ntsc cartridge and um that became one of my favorite games like, i knew we had that at the time so um, yeah, we got, I got, got access to some, some really, really cool stuff. Yeah, I can imagine playing Earthbound, um, you know, for $2 for 10 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine that? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let's just watch a little bit of the movie and uh, away you go. Yeah, because, um, yeah, did like many kids and like come in and play like Mario Kart and stuff with you or was it uh, a lot of just like, you know, more single player experiences just checking them out? I think it was a lot of single-player experiences, but the 64 would have been the thing that changed it. Having four controller ports and having four controllers set up, like I really think the Nintendo 64 was um, like really one of the first like multiplayer party, like it really encouraged that kind of that kind of experience. And like a lot of people credit Goldeneye to being that multiplayer first-person shooter that kind of you know we get the type of stuff we get now, but. Maybe it's just the the Nintendo sixty four console as a whole. Like you know, Smash Brothers was there, so we could have big smashes now. And um, yeah, that was fantastic. Like other consoles, you know, PlayStation, you'd have to get a multi tap or yeah. uh, other stuff like that. So yeah, were you like a big James Bond fan before Goldeneye, or did Goldeneye was that kind of the gateway drug into the more of the James Bond franchise? Nah, huge James Bond fan. So cool. obviously, growing up with that and pop, like they when we would go to the um, the, the video stores and everything we well, I was pretty much had open slather like Nan and pop would get the like the one or two new releases and then I was the go get your five weeklies or whatever so, so <laughs> um once again I guess that helped um growing up and discover my love for f- film and, and and open my eyes to different genres and Nan and pop at the time you know they they all loved James Bond um from from the get-go so they recommended that and getting a lot of those and hiring them out and experiencing them for the first time and and uh my nan absolutely loved goldeneye she loved pierce brosnan um i think <laughs> pierce is still one of her favorite <laughs> um actors to play bond and uh yeah goldeneye was fantastic and it was just like the perfect 
perfect tie-in at, at that time. So Yeah, that's cool how your nan seems to have like just really loved video games. That's really cool. And even though um, Pierce Brosman is a lot more... Uh, <laughs> I was about to say pixelated, not pixelated, but he's uh, <laughs> got a lot more polygons in... Um, in the Nintendo 64 version of himself, but he's still handsome enough. He's still got that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Nan, Nan, well, she wasn't really super into the video games. It was more so pop, but um, the, the James Bond as a, as, a, as a franchise, she she loved that stuff. And it's funny you talk about that because you look at it, you know, from the top-down camera, third yeah. person, then it goes into the first, um, sorry, goes third person, then goes into first person, and then you start the level or whatever. It's a, you see the likeness, I'm like, damn, that looks, that's Brosnan, man. That's Brosnan, that's Bond. Has no face. <laughs> it's, oh, so so realistic. Look at the graphics. Wow. Yeah, and and it's and it's not a game that's held up. To be honest, like if you weren't there experiencing that on a Nintendo sixty four controller, if you were to go back and experience that now, I, I find it very hard for a lot of people to oh, be able yeah. to probably play that and say, you know what, this was genre defining or this is amazing because if you play it now and didn't experience it back then, uh, it's not. Uh, it's it's tough. It's tough. Yeah, without that like dual dual analog, at least it's just um it's pretty hard <laughs> to get into. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you sort of um get into many like first person shooters after Goldeneye? That was that sort of a gateway drug into that side of things as well, or was that maybe um, just a more one off type of thing on Nintendo sixty four? I think that was more of a one off. I like I hmm. played a bit of Perfect Dark, but. Nothing on the level of um, Bond, like the franchise, I guess, the story, knowing Goldeneye was a really good tie-in as well. I went through that game. You you do the cheats and finish the levels on certain time constraints to unlock stuff, and some of those were quite difficult, really hard. And um, even even on Double O Agent, the levels were quite, uh, quite hard too. So um, I kind of just sunk a lot of time into that. Never really jumped outside of that into other first-person shooters. I think at the time, um, coming off the SNES... I was like a lot of turn-paced RPGs and other like mm. RPGs as well, which is totally different to what I what I play now. Like if you mm-hmm. said like, "Here's a turn-based RPG," I'm like, "No, no, thanks." Yeah, because like when you said Earthbound, I'm like, "Huh, okay." Because yeah, that's that that is not what I would say is a buddy game in 2021. <laughs> that's right. It, it's it doesn't fall under the uh, the buddy game criteria, but. Um, one of my favorite games of all time. Um, I guess it comes down to like the characters, the quirkiness, yeah, and um, the turn-based stuff didn't really phase me at that time. I guess that's what a lot of games were. Um, another one that I really love, and I know Max Cooper over on the the pop culture slobs as well, is um, the Illusion of Gaia, um, which I guess at that time I was kind of like, all right, this is the type of game I love. Like I, I loved Zelda: Link to the Past. It's my favorite game of all time. So I'm like, all right, any game that has this top-down thing where you can see the character um and travel this big open world and and have these like adventures like they're the ones that i'm, I'm going to go for and try and play so yeah and like yeah they're the type of games especially back then when you can just like get lost and explore the world find all the secrets and that and especially maybe not on the super nintendo but on the original nintendo that that was something quite special when the original legend of zelda came out and actually had like a battery in the cartridge where you could actually save and it wasn't just going for high scores and stuff like that so yeah i can i can see why that would be like a a big standout memory from from back then but um mm. it's a if it, anybody knows you buddy it's a no no secret that you're a big playstation fan um so like you said 
the store, you had access to the original PlayStation. You talked about the Nintendo 64. Um, what was your relationship sort of between the Nintendo 64 and the PlayStation 1? Like, did you just sort of play them evenly or did you lean to one side depending on what games you preferred? Because like you said, you're into like RPGs and JRPGs at this point. Were you exploring a lot of the J- JRPGs on the PlayStation side? or No, it- not really at all. Um, right. Like on the PlayStation side, it was... Um- I guess that's kind of more open up to more obscure experiences like Cooler World. I absolutely loved Cooler World. Um, that was fantastic. And then I got like heavily into all like the wrestling games, um, a few sport games there, Jonah Lama Rugby and everything like that. So um, I think my uncle had Final Fantasy VII at the time when it was over like three discs. Mm-hmm. So I played a little bit of that, but I never really got into it. Um, I, I, I think it just didn't. I don't know. Something just didn't click for me with the. I must. I don't know. I guess looking back now, maybe it was the art style. Maybe it was the the 3D movement. Like there's something so simple about the SNES and the top down, and and I guess having like a bigger field of view, uh, um, maybe made the worlds more interesting or whatever. But uh, I, I, I guess who know who knows what I felt back then. But um, it was definitely all the other types of games like Nightmare Creatures. I know Zach Jackson's a big fan of that. Um, I that, that was on a demo disc, and that was quite gothic and weird and there was this weird game called blood that i remember playing on <laughs> playstation um that was this bizarre type stuff so yeah that's probably when i got more into the obscure stuff and um i think the the big thing with the playstation one was the like getting a mod chip for the playstation oh yeah and then, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah that was yeah, my exposure put, to it as well <laughs> yeah and i guess that's another thing like that was kind of even though it's piracy, you look back and you're like, well, now I've got way more access to all these games. Um, you, you know, whether you go to the video store, burn himself, or you had someone that did it. I think we had a neighbor that um, had like a list that would burn them off and you could buy them off them for like 10 bucks a pop. So for oh, like one They're Christmas, making money out of it too, those cheeky yeah, bastards. Yeah, they, they, they were killing it. But we yeah. I guess yeah, I'm, I'm a kid at the time. My nan and pop, they, they don't have any technical nows like that. So mm. um 10 bucks a pop for a game like that was that was nothing for us you know what i mean like fuck, fuck, hell yeah so you know he'd have a list we'd tick him off if we did he, he didn't have it um we could just go to the video store and rent it and um yeah kind of go from there yeah because he, he would have him um like he'd have like a, a case and then he'd like laser copy the cover and stuff and everything and oh yeah nice ha- have a cool little presentation <laughs> about it so yeah, because I, I was about to say, like, one of my mates, like, this was, like, the only guy I knew of a PS1 for whatever reason. He, it was just a bit older than me, so I guess he just fit into a different demographic or whatever. But he had the a chipped PS1 as well, and he had the big stack of CDs, but um, I think his uncle or someone burnt them for him. But he, yep. did, he didn't have the, uh, the type of experience you had. He just had a big stack of CDs just, like, ri- <laughs> written in pen, like, you know, <laughs> driver. <laughs> it's like yeah yeah like, and yeah that's it you bring up driver like gta all these kind of things that yeah. are, um they're really cool experiences that were quite, quite different from the nintendo 64 and i think it was um i don't know i feel like i feel like i just moved on from the 64 from that kind of batch of batch of games i guess whatever friendship circle i w- was in at that time mm. were really into 64 they all had 64s as well and then wherever i moved to next everyone had playstation so right, maybe yes. that's just an age thing growing up that everyone kind of transitioned to that but i still love my 64 and uh i'd say it's probably one of my favorite consoles of all time for sure yeah that's awesome because like all of my friends had nintendo 64s and like just the one guy i knew 
had <laughs> had the PlayStation. And when I found out, like a few, like years later, that you know, Nintendo sixty four is like sold like thirty two million. And uh, the PlayStation sold a hundred million. I was just, I was mind blown. I'm like, I just assumed no one had a PlayStation, and everyone just like yep. jumped on with PlayStation Two when I was young because just I just didn't see any PlayStation ones around. But um, yeah, PlayStation Two, you couldn't avoid it. I don't know. I don't think I ever went to anyone's house who didn't have a PlayStation Two, except for my own. I didn't, I didn't have a PlayStation Two, but yeah, PlayStation PlayStation Two was was um, just as huge as well. Um, I think I got that one over over GameCube. I never got a GameCube. Like Nintendo 64 was like my last foray into a Nintendo console. And then it was the Wii after that. And then I skipped skipped the Wii U like um, most people. And yeah, I'm back in on the Switch. And uh, for me, like seeing a lot of the stuff that was trapped on the Wii U come to Switch and get ported, um, I think is really cool. Not having it trapped there. And I love that Nintendo were doing the kind of the whole hybrid, you know, handheld and uh, play it on TV stuff. And for me, like when you see Super Mario Odyssey, it's like, holy shit, this is the spiritual successor to Mario 64. This is like totally aimed at me. <laughs> I-, I want that. Yeah, like, you know, we've only been asking for it for a, don't know, a decade <laughs> or two. So, <laughs> about, about time. But um, so with with the GameCube, did you, um, did your pops who had have the store at this point or... Um, no, we, we didn't have the store that long. I think it was that three years. So it kind right. of, yeah. Um, family event happened where we were like, all right, stuff this. Let's, let's move closer to some other family members. So let's get out of here. Let's sell the business. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that was three years. We moved in 90, back into 98, I think, or maybe 99, something like that around then. Um, a bit hard to uh, narrow down. But yeah, so it was kind of short lived, however long we had the store for, um, three or four years. So pretty much done and dusted that, but that by then, but, um, interesting story like that with the, the access to stuff. Um, my first Nintendo 64 was actually imported Japanese 64 and same with the, um, Ooh. my first Mario 64 was actually a Japanese copy of Mario. So I had to try and get the 120 stars, um, in Japanese and the, actually the hardest stars in the game were the ones where you just walk up and talk to Toad and then he gives you one. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> he's in Japanese. It's like, why would I go up and talk to him? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to understand it. Was that one of your but last yeah, stars? Sorry? Was that one of the last stars you got? Or I think so. I think I transitioned over to the English version um, by that. Like, I'd done a lot of the game in Japanese, mm. and then it came out here, and then I got the English version, and then went through it all. And then when I was talking to the Toad guys, I'm like, oh, of course. Of course. Oh, I can only imagine if... um. You know, if any kids came over and they just saw you, what you were playing, they would have just been, what <laughs> is <Yeah>. this? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Especially back um, then when you sort of just relied on magazines and that for your video game coverage. You didn't have the internet as it as available as it is now. So, yeah, I could only imagine how mind-blown kids would, would have been. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, I guess, that bouncing off that point, whether Pop had the, the store or, to, or not at the time, um, and uh, with the GameCube, um, when we didn't have the store, I guess we didn't have as as much access to games as what we did. So when I had that, you know, mod chipped PS One, um, you know, that's I guess that's why we kept buying them. Let's instead of you know getting a GameCube or whatever, like, well, we have a PlayStation, we can just get all the games for cheap now that we've got the mod chip and you can have whatever you want. So yeah. um, I guess Pop was Pop was very uh, savvy like that, if, if that's the term. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess like, yeah, so why would I get this when I can just get all my games for free on this one? <laughs> yeah, I have so many memories of the the PlayStation burning out as well because if you didn't um, like prop them up or ventilate them, the heat chip and the mod chip would like overheat them. So there were times there where I had, um, I was doing Taekwondo and I'd broken some boards and you, know, you take the boards home. So I had these two pieces of board that I would sit and I would put my console on top of them so that had like the, the ventilation under, underneath so it wouldn't overheat on like a a stand or carpet or anything like that. Yeah. And my first PlayStation actually burnt out. And then I figured out if I put my PlayStation 1 upside down and play it upside down, uh, it would work because uh, all the air would come out. So um, that prolonged the life of that PS1 until I, uh, well, that PlayStation 1, until we um, kind of had to bit the, bite the dust and, and get the, uh, the PS1, the little white unit. Yeah. Well, well, thank God you did Taekwondo then. I didn't know you used yeah, to exactly. do Taekwondo. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm actually a black belt in Taekwondo, so, you know. Are you actually? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. My my partner's a black belt as well in Taekwondo. Very nice. Look at that. If we, we go to PAX uh, and, um, you know, you're going to get mobbed by the House of Mario fans and you get overrun, I can be your uh, your security detail. Yeah, that's right. So, anyone out there who, who's going to get out there and mug me, better yeah. look out for Buddy. He'll... Uh, He'll, he'll defend me. That's right. <laughs> no, that's cool. <laughs> um, just, yeah, I, I'm just curious. It's, it's not video games or anything, but mm. when did you stop doing uh, Taekwondo if you if you have stopped? Taekwondo would have stopped, I would have started it up maybe 98 and I would have stopped in about 2001. Yep, oh, yeah, so a while ago, yeah. <laughs> a while ago, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, to be honest, like, Doing that made me so fit. Um, mm. And later on, when I like, and you know, started playing sport a lot more, um, specifically rugby league and touch, and really getting into that. Even though I wasn't, you know, I was a bit unco with hand-eye coordination, um, which I picked up quite quickly. And you wouldn't have picked that uh, seeing me now, as as the kind of person I am, very sporty and and all that. But um, back then, I was so unco, but I was so fit because of. Um, Taekwondo, <laughs> so uh, that kind of helped me out <laughs> with all my sporting endeavors. So that was great. Yeah, that's kind of like me. Like, um, I'm not exactly like the most co- coordinated because I play soccer. So um, w- when it when it comes to doing all the tricks and that, I'm kind of like just like flapping about. But I can run, so that's that's yeah. something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you ride it. You ride into your sport. Was there a point in your life where you like you know stop playing video games for a certain point of time because you're focused on whether it's, you know, sport, girls, school, you know, that type of thing, or has video games always been a pretty constant thing? It was never girls. I was definitely a late, <laughs> I was definitely a late bloomer. Uh, I wasn't really interested in girls until maybe like, I don't know, year 11, yep. maybe year 12, like uh, like in, in actual, like any kind of serious pursuit or that kind of stuff. Um, I was definitely uh, more into league and sport and everything um with the gaming stuff i don't feel like i took a break but i definitely wasn't as hard into it with the ps2 era as what i was you know growing up and obviously that was those were the circumstances Mm. um even my ps2 was mod chipped at the time which i think wasn't a super common thing um in my own little circles i think the ps1 was so easy to mod chip that any anyone could do it whereas the playstation 2 wasn't as easy. I didn't know too many people with a modded PS2, but every man and dog had a modded PS1. So um, I think that really, the PlayStation 2 really pushed me more into like movies. That was like 
the first time I owned my own DVD player. Yeah, cool. So for me, um, you know, you get your first part-time job or whatever, which turned into like a 12-year job for me. Um, <laughs> you start getting disposable income. And then it was like, all right, well, I've got my own DVD player in my own room. Um, I'll start buying DVDs. And then it becomes into like film and movie you know, exploration and that di- like going down that rabbit hole. So for the PlayStation 2, for me, I still played all your your big games, um, like your, your Vice City, your GTA 3, like they were mind-blowing, especially coming from your GTA 1 and 2 with your top-down um, perspective and that, and even like Driver and all that kind of, like all everything that was on PS1, just the, the step they took with PS2, I thought was just mind-blowing. So I wouldn't say that I stopped gaming, but I definitely felt like I um, maybe didn't branch out and pursue as much abstract stuff you know i wasn't playing like jumping flash from the number one or uh playing any japanese type games or that kind of stuff so um yeah it, it was weird when i met kim um shortly after school she, she was she's like you're such you're such a nerd and i was like no i'm not and then i like i didn't you know i was playing you know i was playing football i was i was playing touch i was playing sport like three, four times a, a week or whatever. And she's like, yeah, you play all these video games. You do this. Like you're actually secretly a nerd. And, I'm like, and I was like, huh, wait. Yeah, I guess, I guess I, uh, I am a nerd throwing out all those quotation marks. She's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You're uh, you get good marks at school. Um, you got all these systems, like you color, you know, you're very organized. You got all these color coded and, <laughs> and goals and <laughs> all these type things. Uh, uh, you're not that sporty jock or, you know, that, just that popular charismatic person that everybody, everybody gets on with. Well, um, you know, that person, you're also this person as well. I was like, ah, yeah, right. I guess so. So that was like a realization for you. You went, you never said like, never said to yourself, yeah, I'm a nerd. You know, I'm into video games. Well, I just saw stuff. I I guess I just thought all the other stuff that I did with video games and all all that kind of that hoo-ha was just the normal stuff. And there were people that were way more into it than me. But then <laughs> she was like, no, no, you, you, you do both. <laughs> you're, you're, you're blade. You're, you're a day walker. Yeah. Cause at high school, I, I always knew like, you know, at lunchtime in year 12, we'll be going into the library playing super smash brothers brawl on the, <laughs> on the school's Wii. <laughs> I would have my 3ds and Vita in my, in my each pocket every day type of thing. And I'll play it you know, in my freeze or whatever. I always knew that I was a bit of a nerd and like we, with soccer in Australia as well, it might be different. It'd be very different in like the UK or something, but soccer, it's just like, it's barely even considered the sport down here. Like if you're not playing football, it's just like, ah, oh, yes, you know, that's just a, that's a gay sport. That's what a lot of, you know, that's what a lot of the kids would say about soccer. It's mm. kind of like, I don't know. soccer's kind of the, the world game, but I guess, I guess you're right. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> so. I, I, it's weird. I think the driving factor for me that like kept me in with video games and sport and like the through line was competitiveness. I'm, I'm competitive and I like mm. completing things, whether that's like a, I don't know, an OCD thing or who knows, maybe I have ADHD, who knows? Um, <laughs> but like just video games is something about like discovering everything, ticking things off lists and stuff and, and beating things and having that challenge. And I guess that tr- like transcended into sport. Cause I was kind of a late bloomer when it came to, you know, playing footy, touch footy, and then into league as well. So, I guess I was more of a more of a gamer or more of a that kind of stuff beforehand, and then I transitioned into that. <laughs> yeah, right. So, yeah, maybe 
you got a point there because like with like your GoldenEye, like Mario Kart, all that stuff on Nintendo 64, you say your competitive angle is there and that's sort of, you've got that with the sport as well. So, and even now like on like PlayStation where you're going for like, you know, your trophies and that's a bit of the OCD coming out in you mm. as well, I guess, which you just, you mentioned before. And I know like as far as like achievements and trophies go, like I've got that OCD tendency as well, but I just like I don't like have the have the time to be like all right I'm gonna rinse this game clean and then move on to the next game I just thought I'm just like I got to turn these things off out of my brain yeah and that that that's why I'm like in some ways I'm kind of thankful the Switch doesn't have it but at the same time I'll love it if it did but I just know mm. I know how um invested I'll be like in every single goddamn game and I'll never move on yeah I guess that's why my video game taste changed as well like i'm not one of these people that really has fomo too much about missing out on particular games and i know that i don't have to play everything and i know what style of game that i like and i play and i curate from that so i'm not here to play assassin's creed that's 60 hours because i know in my mind that i'm the type of person that wants to go and experience everything i want to do all the side quests i want to complete everything i want to get all the collectibles and that's just going to be too much of a time sink and if i play that game yeah and I'm not able to do that, then uh, that's going to give me like anxiety. Like some open world games give me anxiety and it's, you know, a, a big feat. Like if you can get like a God of War or Horizon Zero Dawn and something that like makes me, compels me to, to go for that stuff, then fantastic. But in general, I kind of have these like set rules in my mind of what I do like and what I don't like. And um, yeah, a, a lot of open world stuff can be super overwhelming a lot of rpgs as well and putting time and investing into upgrades and all that stuff like i'm not here for the 60 to 100 hour experiences and all that stuff so yeah because i know when i played through spider-man like i went through and just got all the backpacks before i even started the story i did exactly the same thing <laughs> <laughs> i i did look at all the backpacks i opened all the uh tried to open up all the city as well i did the same thing in breath of the wild like instead of mm. going to one area um climbing the tower and opening that portion of the area and you know i i do the shrines on the way there but then once i got there i was like all right instead of bunkering down here and exploring this little portion i'm going to the next one and that was like my obsession just to open the map that was like my first goal yeah and that's a, that's a i assume i might have done the a similar thing but yeah like with, with the shrines it's kind of like yeah it's like oh i need to get them all but there's there's so many of them and it's gonna, it's gonna take days. It's gonna take days. Yeah. <laughs> Travel, goddamn Hyrule, <laughs> so goddamn big. <laughs> so with the um, so the the PS two that was um, I guess a a high school thing for you. Um, yeah. So I think I graduated in 04. The PS two is what two thousand. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So so that would have been like grade nine. So that lined up pretty well for you. So yeah, that was great. Um, with the what did you get first, your PS3 or a Wii? PS3. PS3. And I had my PS2 for a good while. I don't think I got a PS3 on launch. Um, PS3 is 2006, maybe, or 7? Uh, maybe. It's uh, it's 7, seven? I think, in Australia. Yeah, or maybe the back end of 6, I can't remember. But um, I remember my mates, like I was like, you know, he he was he was a bit of an early adopter, and he'd get all the new tech, and he'd have everything. Um, I'd go, I went to his house and played the Call of Duty Modern Warfare Four. Mm. Um, we did the opening mission where you're on the on the boat and it's pissing down rain. 
Um, and it just looked absolutely stunning. Like it looked amazing. And I wasn't really interested in a PS3 at the time. I'd had my PS2 for, for a good while. And my PS2 was mainly getting used for playing backwards compatible PS1 games <laughs> anyway. Like I was, yeah. you know, we'd have these crazy like Bomberman World tournament nights and um, things like that. And I was just still playing old games. But yeah, once I saw that, I was like, holy shit, I, I need to get a PS3. And um, I guess the other thing was like Blu-rays as well. Like get a Blu-ray player. At the time, it was the between Blu-ray and HD had just come out, like the the red cased discs. Yeah, the HD uh, DVDs. That, yeah, I think Microsoft maybe they were supporting that with a 360. Yeah, they I had an, they had an add-on drive which you plugged in to the back. That's right. <laughs> How dumb. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and there wasn't too much of those. And he actually he he was um he went all in on that as well. Even though he owned a PS3, he started collecting all these like red cased HD discs. I was mm. like. Odd decision, okay. Especially in hindsight, yeah. Then they, <laughs> yeah, then they went bust, and it was like Blu-ray kind of won the war, and it's already had the proprietary Blu-ray player, uh, like in in the PS3. So, um, yeah, I got the PS3. Then I, I really got it because of Modern Warfare. To be honest, seeing that that first level was just oh, holy shit. Yeah. Did you buy one at a thousand bucks when it came out? No, I think when I brought it, it might have been six. Six or seven, maybe. Okay, so yeah. So not too, not too crazy. Um, it was still the the Fat Boy, but it wasn't yep. the one that could play PS2 discs. So it, it only had the two yeah, USB right. ports. Yeah. I guess that's how you denote whether it is backwards compatible with PS2 or not. Um, so yeah, I, when I brought that, I think I, I brought it from my uncle in from Harvey Norman actually. Yep. So I brought that um, extra controller, Modern Warfare, and probably. I think one of the FIFAs at the time, which almost mimicked what I brought on PS4 launch as well. Mm. So, and with the PS3, did you sort of get more, uh, sorry, uh, more like back into gaming from like the bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a more casual sort of take on the PS2 for, for sure. And um, that's what I want to jump hard back into first person shooters, and it probably rekindled my kind of fire from playing GoldenEye. And um, stuff like that before, because like you know, finally I'm playing online. Actually, have online capabilities. You don't have to pay for online. Owning a PS3, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. I feel like just exploded at that time. So many people reminisce about that game and talk about it. How it was like one of the greatest experiences. And I was playing so much of that, um, and so much of the Call of Duties kind of each year as they kind of rotated in and out of the modern stuff and the the World War stuff. So I really got back into that. Um, probably. Less so um, exploring more abstract games on the PS3 than what I did before. It was kind of just checking out here and here and there. Some of the indie stuff I liked. Um, mm-hmm. I guess uh, you, you're hearing about, like, you're, I guess the big thing was listening to Podcast Beyond or GameScoop or one of them. Definitely. Um, I can't remember who what it would have been around that time. Um, but that that was kind of starting to engage more with games media and I guess getting recommended like indie titles or other big AAA stuff that normally wouldn't kind of go towards. So that's kind of when I started venturing into other stuff. So Yeah, because that, that was a sort of a big time for me because my first, the first console I ever bought with my own money that wasn't the handheld was like an Xbox 360. And yep. that's because, like, I wanted the like, access to all of the other games that weren't on Wii, which was like majority of that wasn't Nintendo games. So I bought an Xbox 360 because it was half the price of the PS3 at the time. I remember the PS3 was like 600 bucks, and like I'm looking at that at 
I don't know, 15 years old. I'm like, I don't have 600 <laughs> bucks to spend on this freaking thing. So I got like a Xbox 360. It was like the Xbox Elite, just as it, just as the Slim was coming into the picture. So they like slashed the price on it. And I remember because it had no it had no wireless card in it. So I had to run a LAN cord across the frigging house to play Halo and shit online. <laughs> but, you know, I guess I saved... Uh, 200 bucks, go me, I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the idea of doing that now is just uh, ridiculous. But I think, um, I think I'm in the same boat as you. Like, you know, I started listening to a lot of the IGN podcasts at that time as well. And that's where I sort of started. Well, I'll, I guess with the podcast, I, I did like pay a lot of attention to like gaming magazines and that um, mm. a lot when I was a kid as well. But I guess just on yep, like the, the podcast and video side of things, that was when I was like, all right, you know, what 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 is coming? What games do I need to learn about? And that's why I ended up, you know, getting an Xbox and stuff because like at the time of Limbo and Super Meat Boy, Bioshock, you know, the Call of Duty games, the Call of, Call of Duty was like the big reason I wanted to get into it at the time too. It was just like so much going on and it was just like a, it was a fantastic, fantastic time to, you know, start getting into gaming because gaming was starting to be... Really, really big and robust. I know, like the PS2, there's you know thousands of games on that. The GameCube had a nice little library, and um, you know the Xbox came in the picture as well. But I think uh, that generation was absolutely fantastic as uh, things were starting to go on. But before we yeah. con- uh, continue on that side of things, how does the Wii fit into the picture of this generation for you? Was that just like, oh yeah, I'll get it and play Wii Sports and Mario Galaxy, or did you? Play a, a few more, um, a few more things on it. Didn't even play Mario Galaxy. Oh, you monster! I brought it just for Wii Sports, basically. Oh well, you basically know, that's not a bad and, um, reason. We, we played so much Wii Sports. Me and um, my mate Dylan, um, who lived a few houses down from me, uh, who I've known for twenty plus years, is my closest uh, friend, who I consider my brother and family. Um, we yeah. played. Uh, he's the one I've gamed with all the time. Jonah Lama Rugby. Everything PlayStation, uh, Wii Sports, like that—that's that, it's an, that's an, my other competitive drive, my number one rival. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Wii Sports was the the basically the reason, and also Twilight Princess. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, um, as well. Like just seeing another Zelda game come out. Um, I guess I missed GameCube era, and I just come from sixty four. I was like, oh, you know, I love Zelda. I want to keep going with them. Um, being able to play these games and that's i guess that's why i have a a switch as well like I, I would i own a switch if breath of the wild wasn't on it who knows but it definitely tipped me over the edge so even though i did get it for twilight princess i only i think i only got like four or five hours into that game like the the opening was really really annoying and the the controls kind of pissed me off um and i was spending a lot of time at the start of the game as the wolf and I was like, is this how the game is going to be? Like, I don't really, I don't really care for this. I just, I, I want Link to be the main character. I don't really, the transitioning back and forth. I don't want that to dominate this. So um, I kind of bounced out of that pretty quick. And then the Wii just became my Wii sports machine. Um, funny story that I actually got a speeding fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... I would, fuck, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have even been strapped for the cash then. I would have had like I would have had like 15, 20 grand in the bank. But for some reason I didn't like drawing money out of my bank. Like that was just I was this hardcore saving machine. Mm. And what I would have done at the time, I, I think I um my mate's mum like wanted to get a Wii for the Wii Fitness 
like yeah. the Wii balance board and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you can buy my Wii if you want. I'm not playing anything. I'm only playing Wii Sports and uh, Zelda pissed me off. So I think I <laughs> sold the Wii to her uh, for twenty uh, for 200 bucks. And then I sold Zelda. Oh, I played a bit of Smash as well. I, put, I sold Zelda and Smash privately like for 50 bucks each. So, um, And then I used that to <laughs> pay off this fine because I didn't want to draw from my uh, my... My, my savings, even though I had so much. All right. <laughs> so, dumb. so was your time with Wii Sports like not that long then? Was it or was that no? A- no, it was long, and it would have been like me and my mate would play like maybe six, seven hours of it straight. <laughs> yeah, <bloody laughs> it, it was just like bowling competitions, or I'd go around to Dylan's house, and um, they would still have a week because they had everything there. So right. even though I sold mine, I still got a fix from going to their house, and like I'd walk in, like oh, you know, all their little brothers would be like, oh, Bud's here, yeah. Bud's here. You wanna? What do you want to do, Bud? You want to play footy? You want to play a Wii? I was like, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's let's do whatever you want. Or Wii baseball. Um, so we played so much Wii baseball, oh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, that was quite crazy. Yeah. So was baseball your favorite sport on the game, or nah, bowling? Bowling, bowling because anyone can do it. Um, I think it's yeah, like I said, it's accessible to anyone, uh, and because of that, it creates good competition. Like you know. Th- the, the young kids are having a go and they're doing really well. It's like, okay, this, this is some good stuff. But um, you, <laughs> if you're good, you know, you're good. You, you, you can yeah. get on quite a roll. And uh, easy game to play, hard game to master. But, yeah, uh, yeah bowling is definitely the best. We would also have these awesome um, golf, we golf tournaments as well. So we do it over the nine holes. It would be me, Dylan, and then Dylan's stepdad and then one of the older kids who was still – you know, younger than both me and Dylan because uh, Dylan's f- five years younger than me or four years younger than me. And then his brother was maybe another four years younger. So, um, but he was good enough to play the Wii Golf anyway. And we'd have massive tournaments and we'd get to the last hole, there'd only be a stroke in it and you got to go for the risky shot over the water and someone would have a meltdown where they f- f- f the shot up like nine times in a row, even though they're in the lead. And oh, we, had some, we had some great moments. It was great. Yeah, like Wii Sports, it makes me so happy because it's just, I remember being so excited to get my Wii. I got it the Christmas of 2007, the like the year it came out. And um, my mum, like she said that she really struggled to get one, even like all the way down here in, you know, South, so South Australia. Like she said, she went like around the city trying to find one. Then she came back to our little town and there's one left in target country. So I was I was really lucky that I got it that year, and I would have been honestly I would have been pretty devastated because I was I was the type of kid that I went to the library after school like because I lived out of out of town, so I just hung around in town before soccer training. Um, yep. So I went to the library and I'd be there. I'd be printing out pictures. I had this folder and it was just called Project Revolution, and I had like all like the rumors, <laughs> all of like the the concept art, and I just have like this thing just like trying to find out what this next nintendo console is going to be so i was waiting for the wii for god knows how long i was waiting for it when it was supposedly going to be a vr helmet and uh, all of this crazy stuff and then when uh especially like the day when it got announced that um <laughs> they changed the name from Rev- revolution to wii i remember that day at school just being like yeah what the what <laughs> I-, I love how you're at school in the library printing out like stuff and putting 
rumors on and, and putting on a little folder. Meanwhile, in 2007, I'm at university. I'm doing a course called uh, Retail Marketing and Innovation. And I'm doing an assignment where you have to pick four innovative products and, and why uh, they were innovative. And my, one of my products was also the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe I was preparing for uni. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about like the the the, the movement controls and, and how they hadn't been done in consoles before on the unconventional uh, controller type set, even though I wasn't a fan of it and that, that was kind of the reason why I jumped off the Wii's boat. Um, but yeah, 100 plus million jumped onto it. So it definitely opened up for more casual gamers. But um, just, just on that, that Wii point, like I love the Nintendo 64 so much and so many people give the Nintendo 64 controller shit but the Trident. I think it's one. Of, <laughs> uh, I think it's one of my favorite controllers. And I, oh, really? If you put the controller in your hand and you play a Nintendo sixty four game, the game feels better with that controller. Like I played Super Mario sixty four with the Switch thing um, with a Pro controller recently, mm. and something about the timing feels a bit off. But then on top of that, it just doesn't feel as good with the with it. Like I, I felt like. Mario 6, like the Nintendo 64 control was made for Mario 64 um, with that in mind and the Z trigger underneath the solo analog stick, the C buttons as the camera. I loved it. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, but yeah, if you play a Nintendo 64 game, not on the controller, it just feels really awkward. And that's why I actually bought a USB um, hub for uh, Nintendo 64 controllers. So you can use them on PC for ROMs and stuff. Oh, I might, I might have to get that details off you later. So I, I just got like a cheap one on Amazon, but my problem was my Nintendo 64 controls, the uh, analog sticks are that wobbly and just, you know, overused that yep. it's just uh, I, I couldn't play properly. I might, well, I'm, it's, it's, the idea was there, but I need a better, uh, more, more like new Nintendo 64 controller. You can get um, like a third party ones that like are still being made today for that very reason mm. to use on PC or... Um, more They're not consoles. too expensive either. Like I see them all the time at um, the shop I go. I see them. There's like USB variant ones as well um, that you can just plug straight in. So yeah, I thought about it for a while and uh, maybe getting back into some Goldeneye and trying to beat that again. Right. So you'd go back to go back to Goldeneye, you reckon? See if nostalgia for sure, hundred percent. So I'm um, funny. Sorry about that. I know I'm going on a bit of a tangent here, but no, good. Um, we love tangents here about, at the House of Mario. Don't worry about that. <laughs> three or four years ago, or maybe maybe two three years ago now. Um, had a guy at work who was uh, super into retro gaming. Um, we used to go around to his house uh, every Tuesday night for like a family night where like partners would come, a few people would come and one person would cook and um, we'd bring it over to someone's house, uh, usually his house, and eat and just hang out and, and talk. And uh, he had a Nintendo 64 and he like had like some kind of emulated cartridge where he could play all these games and he was like talking up like how good he was at all these 64 games. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm pretty good as well. <laughs> and he's like, all right, Goldeneye, man. Goldeneye, let's play Goldeneye. I'm like, I, I sat down. I said, listen, have you seen the movie Bill and Ted where they go, they die and they have to play death <laughs> in a game? And if they win the game, they come back to life. Goldeneye is that game for me. I would challenge death to Goldeneye because that's how confident I am. Oh, I would beat him. He's like talking it up. I'm like, all right, whatever. I haven't played in years. Years, years, years. And I'm like, oh, what are the teams? I'm like, all right, well. He's like, you know, my girlfriend uh, will play as well. Like, all right, it's you two on one team versus me. Uh, two on one handicap. We'll, we'll do that. Obliterated him. Eight, 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 18 to one. <laughs> Only died once. It was fantastic. 
Um, and then I proceeded to kill him in Mario Kart, Donkey Kong Racing. Uh, what else did we play? Star Wars Pod Racer. And um, the only one he got me in was like a wrestling game. Uh, he got me in that one match, and then I got him in another match. But uh, the controls are too hard to remember that from all those years ago. So you're learning on the fly. The other games, they were easy. Yeah, just like, yeah, but you he need, was, uh, need to remember all the combos yeah. and all that type of thing. Yeah, he was very shocked. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was, that was a great time for me. <laughs> just inflate your ego. And did you ever get invited back to tea or did you just uh, that was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back the next week. But it, it, people know not to challenge me in Goldeneye. You don't aim. See, the key is to use your uh, C left and C right to strafe. Uh, when you're aiming in that game, you're stationary. So you want to keep kind of sidestep and keep moving to avoid avoid getting hit and still hit. So. All right. Well, see, I never actually played that much Goldeneye just because my friends with Nintendo 64s just didn't have the game. So I never actually played it that much. So, you know, I can't, uh, I can't say that. Imagine only 64 I'll, and not holding gold. I'll, in Goldeneye, come on. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. Because, like, I, I relied on my mates a lot for, like, video game consoles. I I sort of just had handhelds pretty much up until I got my Wii. So, um, yeah, goddamn friends. I'm going to blame them. <laughs> 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 At least I had Mario Kart and Mario 64 and Smash Brothers and the rest, I guess. But, yeah, could you imagine if they didn't have Mario Kart? I'm like, what's a Mario Kart? What's going yeah. on here, hey? Wow. What, what are these I, I, eight I boys still- racing? I still like Mario Kart 64. That's still my favorite Mario Kart. It is? Yeah. Yeah. Probably um, because I get my ass whooped in Mario Kart 8. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Mario Kart 8 is definitely my favorite Mario Kart, but it's probably Mario Kart DS, then but it would have to be Mario Kart 64, probably at number three. I actually owned a DS, and the Mario Kart DS was quite, uh, on DS was quite good. And um, it's mm. a funny story. The only reason I owned a DS was so that I could uh, get like an emulator chip or whatever yeah and, and so card. i could play snet yeah so i could place snes roms on it all right that, that that was the only reason was it yeah all so right. outside of mario kart um on the nintendo ds um i only played super nintendo games huh on the go <laughs> <laughs> how dumb so i I'd, I'd play back through like uh legend uh you know zelda um link to the past i'd pay play back through earthbound i think i did um super mario worlds super nintendo cricket and I think it was NBA Jam, which um, I guess is the main reason I've got the SNES Mini now. Um, where I've hacked that and, and put all my favorites on there. And a lot of the games that I would have briefly touched on or, or played a little bit of um, back when Pop owned the game seller. So there'd be things on there, really weird stuff like, um, like you, oh, Command and Conquer, but your uh, you know, Illusion of Gaia once again. But the Urban Strike and Desert Strike, like the, the helicopter games, mm. um, Pop was big into those, so there's that kind of stuff on there and real, real weird stuff. Yeah, because just like with getting a DS for emulation, it just seems like if you if you wanted it, if you wanted the handheld for that reason, it just seems like you should have got a PSP. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think I wanted something on the bus. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know why I didn't get a PSP. All my mates owned a PSP. I did DS. Did PSP come out after DS? Uh, I believe it came out a pretty similar time. I think they came out. I know the DS came out two thousand and four in the in the states, and it was like uh, February or March two thousand five here in Australia. I'm not sure on the PSP that the PSP for me when I was a, a kid was just like is four hundred dollars, and the DS was two hundred dollars. I'm like, I think that was the 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 breaking point for me. Yeah, that makes sense. The, it's double the price. The price. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and may, 
<laughs> I don't even know if I got a brand new one. Maybe I got a secondhand one as well. Mm. Yeah, because I was going to ask, um, sort of throughout the episode, like, what do you have much of a history of handheld gaming? It would have just been the DS. I never had a um, Game Boy growing up, and that's kind of weird for me because that would have been like peak Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue, and everybody in grade nine, whenever that was, two thousand and one, I guess. Yeah, two thousand and one or two thousand. Um, grade grade eight, I think it was. I was in New South Wales at the time, so it's grade seven, grade eight. Yeah. Um. Fuck, it might have even be before that. I can't even remember. I guess you'd know. Two thousand ninety nine is uh, red and blue. Uh, so two thousand probably would have been um gold and silver. Um, it was uh nineteen ninety six. Uh, red and blue came came to the really? states. Holy shit! Yep. Then it would have been. Then it would have been 98, 99, I think. Oh, no, um, sorry, 98 is when it came to the States. Um, 96 is when it came out in uh, Japan. Okay, so it would have been 99. Um, that yep. you know, I would have been in grade 6 or 7, um, high school in New South Wales, I think, grade 7. And, yeah, everybody, all my friends had Game Boys, red and blue, whatever. Um, just I never really got into it. But um, yeah, the DS was the DS was uh, it, oh, and then I got a Vita after that, and then Hell we yeah. get into like the Switch now. So, yeah, and the Vita, Vita it lives again. They are not shutting down the store; it'll live for another year until they say no, no, for real, it's gone. <laughs> I got a Vita on sale. Um, this would have been sometime after the PS4 launch, uh, so it either would have been Christmas 2013, or I would have got it like a year later. Christmas 2014 and there was a special like a JB was clearing out one for like 200 bucks and I Ooh. they were usually 260 or 250 at the time and it was 200 bucks with a memory card and freedom wars on, on cartridge it was like some insane deal so um yeah it was too good not to uh to go after especially with like the link play with PS4 and a lot of the the PS plus games were being um like cross cross by with Vita mm. so you'd have two versions of the game and um yeah that was really cool God, I love the Vita so much. Um, the Vita was my very first PlayStation console. I um I pre-ordered it. I got it on uh, day one um, on a free at school. I went to the post office to go and pick it up. I got it, got, brought it back, and everyone's sort of like, "What the hell is that thing?" And it's like, you know, just because <laughs> at the time, like it's like e- even now, but especially at the time, like I took it out the box and it's this beautiful handheld, this wonderfully nice, big, vibrant screen. Like the graphics just looked insane, especially at the time. Like it was just, I, I love that thing so much, and I don't often get the time to um, sort of bring it up on the show. But since we're talking about PlayStation a fair bit on this episode, I love the Vita so much. I think it has a really great library. Like it might not have um, the type of library that makes you go, hmm, "Yes, I'm definitely getting that that console." But once you're there, all the indie games, and especially when PlayStation actually did support it for the the couple of years with their first party titles. Um, it was just, it was just so good. And like, I, I loved having it alongside the 3DS. They were just like perfect sort of um, different ends of the spectrum of one another. And it's, it makes me so sad that PlayStation just like, all right, no, we're, we're done here. We're just going to mm. make a uh, blockbusters on the console and yeet. Catch you later. <laughs> uh, it blows my mind that I can play PS1 classics on the Vita, but I can't do that on any of the big PlayStation consoles now, play PS4 or PS5. So, Yeah, it's just so frustrating. Um, <laughs> just let me play my PS1 games. 
Yeah, especially you. you. You'll find a way. You'll hack your PS4 and you'll play Metal Gear Solid on it. I sold my PS4. Um, oh, have you? It's they gone. They're giving me too much of a good deal, and I thought I'd cash in and put some money towards some PS5 accessories and stuff. But mm. to be honest, I would probably, even if there was some way like I could hack my PS5 to play every other console of games, I, I probably wouldn't risk that or wouldn't yeah. want to. Not these days um, with the network and stuff going on in the background. Yeah, my, my uh, I guess, own viewpoint towards uh, that kind of stuff is um, definitely... Uh, definitely changed as i've got older yeah yeah when you sort of like work out like wait a minute there's real people making these games and they need you know sales to feed their families and that maybe not like an ea game or something like that you know i'm sure they'll be fine (laughs) (laughs) but like especially when it comes like a an indie game or something you know there's people that rely on that money and stuff like there was a there was a a twitter thread sort of circulating someone said oh it's only an hour hour and a half like a one out of five stars, this game sucks. But the story is fantastic. What an emotional tale. Well done. Excellent writing. It's like, dude. What? <laughs> you serious? And he what? Got, he got a, they got a refund for it too. It's just like, come on, man. Oh, like, man. Like an hour and a half like game that just delivers an excellent story. It's just like- as an, a movie. Yeah. As an adult, just like, give it to me. As you said, like a movie. Yeah. You, you spend like 20 bucks to go and see it in a theater. Why wouldn't you spend- you know, 15 or $20 on Steam to go and do it as well. It's just... Yeah, and, and, I, and I go to the cinemas with my wife, so I'm not spending 20 bucks. I'm spending 40 bucks. There's two of us. Yeah, true. Well, <laughs> the thing the thing is, whenever I go to the cinema, I always get a jumbo popcorn for myself, Same. mind you. My, my, partner, oh. my partner doesn't like popcorn, so I get a jumbo wow. popcorn myself. Lucky you. Yeah, lucky Drew, lucky Drew. Uh, I get a thing of Maltesers and a, a large Coke. And uh, I start off with the popcorn, go to Maltesers, Wash it down with the Coke. Rotate Very again. Nice. Go to the popcorn, the Maltesers, wash it down with the Coke. Gee, I don't know if I could mix it. I'd have to eat all of one and then move on to the next. So mm, um, mm. Kim likes popcorn as well, but uh, I'm the popcorn fiend in the house. So uh, we usually hammer down the popcorn pretty much like pretty early into the movie. If it's just started, it's 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 gone already. And then uh, wash it down with the uh, the nice beverage through the rest of it. But I've actually got a Cinebuzz card where I can, um, like a VIP Cinebuzz card from years ago um, that I still have access to. And um, I have free refills of popcorn on the on it. I've only ever used it like a few times um, because I don't want to miss any of the movie or anything. Uh, sometimes I've got there early at the movies and we've like skipped dinner to make a session or something like that. And then we've yep. cashed in. Um, but then my mate didn't believe me. He, he was in the movies with me. He's like, you get free refills. He's like, yeah. And we finished and like, you want to go get the refill? I'm like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving this movie. It was only some indie movie with Mads Mikkelsen, like Arctic or something. He's like, give me the, I'm like, here's the card. Go do it. And he thought I was joking. He's like, is this a joke? Are you going to send me out there? Am they going to laugh at me? Like, here's the card. You go out there. If you want the free popcorn, you go to the counter. Tell them you want a free refill. You want to risk it or not? I'm telling you the truth though. And he did it and he came back. He's like, this is amazing. Oh, the idea of like free re- refill. But like you said, I'll never leave the theater while the movie's going. Like I'm paying for that. Yeah. I don't want to miss it. And if I ever do want to catch up on it, that's going to be another, I don't know, three months before I'm going to be able to see it on Blu-ray or whatever. So don't know about that. That's why I always get the jumbo. I think there's a bit of, a bit of an uh, anxiety there where it's like, you know, I've got to get a big one because what if I'm still hungry? The movie's exactly. a quarter way through and I'm like, Drew, you need some more salt on this popped corn i need some more butter in my veins and 
I've already consumed what I bought and I, oh. yeah, so I think that's where it comes from as well. I'm just like, you know, just spend spend the money, Drew. I don't know. What is it? Ten bucks? Eight bucks for a jumbo popcorn? Just embrace it. Who needs that two I bucks? Can't, I can't believe you buy Maltesers. I hope you're getting them like from somewhere else and not the cinema with their overinflated Malteser prices. You need to smuggle those in. You know what? I definitely agree with you. I certainly did. But the last couple of times I've gone there, I have bought the Maltesers there, you know. They've been shut for COVID for God knows how long. I, I want to keep that theater around because I honestly don't know where the other cinema is around around me. I don't think there is another one for at least three hours. I don't know. I've got no idea where the next one would be. So definitely don't want the I commend those to shut down. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a great mentality. Um, I've changed my mind. Buy the Maltesers from there. Buy our two packs. Yeah. Instead, I should just like, yeah, go to Coles, load up on lollies, just sneak into the movie through the back door. And uh, charge my phone while I'm there as well. You know, really, really, really get my money out of them. Yeah. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. So, buddy, let's touch on the Wii U. So, mm. I know very I know uh, very well. You're not a fan of the Wii U. I've heard lots of uh, poo-poos about the Wii U. And right, <laughs> rightfully so. You know, it's uh, it didn't interest you enough to pick one up. But in 2012, when the Wii U came out in December on the... 12th, I believe. Uh, what stage of your life were you at and what were you sort of playing on um, on PlayStation and the platforms you were engaged in? What date did that come out again? I think it came out on December 12th. Oh, okay. 2012. I remember 12th, the, 12th, 12th. I remember this. I think it was the 12th. It could have been the 17th. I don't know. I also remember it if it was the 12th because that 12, 12, 12 would have been my 26th birthday. Oh, it's your, it was your birthday. Yeah, yeah it was a big one. All 12s, baby. Oh, 12. You're turning 12 as well. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been epic. That would have been pretty cool. Um, and really weird because you're older than me, but then you would have been younger than me. So I don't know what's going on. Mm, time travel. Back to the future going on here. But I, I remember the Wii U because it was the type of thing where I'm like, I'm looking forward to it because it's a new Nintendo platform. I'm also not looking forward to it because at launch, there's not there's no game that I'm necessarily like hyped to play. And I was a bit iffy about them continuing on the Wii branding. Well, I was pretty keen to get away from that after uh, what happened, you know, during the Wii. The Wii was a, uh, in hindsight, definitely it's a great console, but just the direction I was going, being like, "Hey, let's cater to casual gamers." I'm like, "Yeah, that's great. I, I enjoyed Wii Fit. I enjoyed Wii Sports, but yeah, I'm we're all getting pretty sick of this." And uh, they continued it on, but regardless, it didn't matter. That's what was happening. New Nintendo console, pretty hyped. I was in year 12 at the time and that was what I was sort of looking forward to, getting through my exams, having that done, that pressure off my shoulders and then having the opportunity like leading up to Christmas, you know, going down to EB Games with my mate Bryce. Some of you guys might know him. <laughs> and uh, Shout outs. Picking up our Wii U's and yeah, just having fun that summer. Just uh, that was a that was an absolutely amazing summer for us because we just sort of just all dicked around. We're all going swimming and all mucking around, and just being you know young kids, pretty much just out of school. So a lot of uh, my memories are just associated with that. Just having like really great memories of you know still being kids, but you know just being out of school. And we created like a lot of great memories that um, that year over 2013. So. Um, I do sort of have sort of fond memories when it comes to the Wii U because of, you know, Mario Kart 8 and Smash Brothers and um, a lot of the great titles that did come to that platform. But, buddy, someone who, uh, you know, looks at the Wii U gamepad, say, gone on record before, it's a, a Fisher-Price piece of crap. 
Um, I think the whole internet has said that. Like, that's not just a meme. That's that's a part of the meme. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I hear people say that on podcasts now. I'm like, all right, I've heard I've heard that enough. Is it wrong? No, no, it's not. But <laughs> but I'm over it. I'm done <laughs> with this joke. Come up with something else. So um, yeah, how, how how did you feel about the Wii U at the time? Look, I can uh, you know ham it up here and go uh, go crazy. But the honest truth would have been. I would have sold my Wii at the time. I would have seen that it's a new console called the Wii U. I would have thought about, well, the only thing that I really played on Wii was Zelda that I wanted to play, and that didn't really hit for me. So it was only Wii Sports. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to buy one of these because uh, I just won't play anything. So that would have been as simple as it gets. And yeah. it was weird being called the Wii U. It just felt like like an um, incremental upgrade, uh, I guess, with the DS at the time, I always looked at the DS and like, I, I hate the DS as a console because it was the original DS, the DSi, um, you know, DS, 3DS, 3DS XL, 2DS XL. Like there was so many incremation, like upgrades and it felt like, you know, that, that kind of phone mentality that we, we get now with the PlayStation 4, the PS4 Pro, Xbox one S and X and all that kind of, that kind of mid tier upgrades. And I hate that system because um, as a console gamer, I just want to put my money down, buy my console and not have to worry about upgrading hard hardware until five, six years down the track. Right. And I want that hardware to be able to kind of carry me for that long as well. So I guess the branding of the Wii U was just like, Oh, is this just Wii extra type thing? Kind of like what the 3DS and the 2DS was at the time. So um, for me, I just wouldn't, wasn't playing any games um, on Wii sold it, got rid of it, and then you throw all that into the mix with the, the, the 3DS and the 2DS of like, is this just an incremental thing? Like, this isn't really a new console, is it? No, who cares? And then the gamepad was just, it was just dumb. Um, I felt like, yeah, I'd kind of outgrown that, and I was playing a lot more online shooters and uh, more competitive type stuff. Like, I'd, I'd moved on. Um, I wanted my console to be the media player uh, as well with, uh, with the Blu-rays and stuff, so... That's that's it. That's all. That's all there is. It's like nothing personal against the Wii U. As much as I can carry on, like oh, it's garbage. It's shit. It only sold this. Like yeah, that's just that's just for the memes. Like a lot of it is true. Um, yeah. When you talk certainly. about sales and and the gamepad and everything and all that kind of stuff, but um, I guess I'm a very logical thinker in like evaluating purchase decisions, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to get my money's worth out of this, so don't worry about it. And the price of it, I think it was like the Wii U was like four six nine. Uh, the uh, it was four thirty for the um for the premium black version that came yeah. with um Nintendo Land and some other goodies or whatever in it. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was expensive. I think I got my Wii cheaper than that at the time. I I don't think the Wii was that expensive. Wii was two nine nine, right? Uh, the Wii was four hundred in Australia. I think it was. Oh, it was okay. Was it four hundred in Australia? Like I said, I didn't buy mine myself. I, I'm pretty sure it was. Because I think it wasn't it like two hundred in the US. Yeah, don't know. So I but whatever it, the case was, I think it was four hundred here though. Yeah, I guess whatever the case was, I'd sunk my amount of money into a PS3, and I look what I can get with that amount of money, and then look over at the Wii U, and I'm like, well, just why is that not to this level? Like, I guess they're just going more into the, the direction that I'm not really into. Um, and yeah, one of the things that really annoyed me about the Wii was like using the Wii mote sideways as a controller and then using the motion controls. So once again, <laughs> I just want a conventional gamepad, a conventional controller. Give me like a, even if it was a Nintendo 64 controller, um, 
stop being so obsessed with the GameCube controller as well. Uh, yeah, that, there's just those things. Like, oh, the GameCube controller. Oh, you got to love the GameCube controller. We'll be <laughs> big advocates of the GameCube controller here, buddy. I'll say this right here. Fuck the GameCube controller. <laughs> Nintendo, get over it. Just let it die, please. Now, um, Well, the funny yeah. thing is, buddy, Nintendo want the GameCube controllers to die. It's bloody the fans. It's the fans. It's the fans. And the, the funny thing is, like, it's because of, like the whole sort of culture around Smash Bros. Melee, how it's like, oh, this is like, you know, the super hardcore fans. There was a, there's a video circulating on Twitter um, that was, uh, I think there was like a line of code in Smash Bros. Ultimate. If you remove that, it removes like the, the landing lag of the characters and it makes the game play a lot more like Melee. And there's been a lot of discussion about how um, how the developers were sort of uh, tinkering with the idea of making it the game that like, the the melee community want it to be. And I'm just like, mm. I'm just like, oh my god, guys! Like, you know, I'm a big Nintendo nerd. I fucking run a Nintendo podcast, right? But like, come on, just 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 have some fun with the goddamn. Smash Brothers. <laughs> I feel like I if we we're, we're at PAX, I'm walking with Drew and then people that are listening to this show, they come up and go, oh, hi, Drew, how you going? Who's this? Oh, this is Buddy. Oh, you're the guy that shit talked the uh, the GameCube troll and all of a sudden they like start throwing things at me and I feel like I feel like I'm saying, just saying that on this No, 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 because uh, I'll, I'll jump in front. I'm like, stoned. but guys, guys, it's okay. He likes the Nintendo 64 controller. I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> that's an opinion. <laughs> that, all right. <laughs> That's a hot take, and uh, you know, hot takes are just opinions. I coined that actually. I trademarked it. That's my saying. If you if you didn't know, if you haven't been on the internet before, yeah, that's, um, that's why. I, yeah, that's where, why I never say it. That's why I never say it, buddy. <laughs> you'll sue me. That's it. Early plagiarists will steal it from me. That's all good. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's what I was saying. Like the Wii, yeah, the Wii U game gamepad and all that stuff. I never really got into that. That might have just been a circumstance of where I was in my life as well. Um, like you'd grown up with Nintendo, you're at high school level, so maybe you're mm. playing games a bit more. I'm out here fucking just earning coin. I'm, I'm paying bills and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trying to be an adult. Yeah. Oh, well, at least you're trying. Yeah, exactly. No, I blame the PS3 and, and and that kind of uh stuff for that. But hey, I came back around. I'm on the Switch train, even though I don't play that as much or as often as I want. I still, you know invested into that got super mario 3d world at the moment so uh i'm excited to jump into that a wii u game that is now ported yeah very cool i saw saw you picked that up the other day you sent me a message i'm like oh very nice picked it up on um a nice deal i hope no no one knew very nice deal got to get into that hustle you know <laughs> and it'll be traded in next week i dare say as well <laughs> <laughs> no i want to give this one a crack actually yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's a lot of fun, especially if you can find some people to um to play with as well. It's um quite a different experience actually being able to play Mario with uh, with people because I think it was like that Christmas um in 2013 um down the beach house had the Wii U down there. I'm like, oh, I don't really have anything to play with people. I'm like, wait a minute, this goddamn Mario game I just bought, I can play with people, and we had a blast <laughs> with it. And it's just a like when I bought it's- it, I was I, I just assumed I would I would have ignored the multiplayer like I ignored it in like New Super Mario Bros and stuff. But yeah, it's it's so funny you say that. Like I, I do remember a story now about the Wii U, and that would have been being in a JB Hi-Fi around the time that that would have come out and playing it on their IDUs. I think it was Chermside, um, like late night shopping or whatever, and it was like I was playing Nintendo Land or uh. M- Mario or you know new Super Mario Brothers um playing that I think 
maybe it was the year after or whatever, but I was really like getting into it. I was like, oh, get it, get it, get it. And like in, internally I'd had to have that conversation. Like don't remember what happened with the Wii, don't. But I just remember Ooh. being obsessed playing it on that IDU for ages. Like just do it, man. Just drop the money. You got it. Just buy it. <laughs> just do it, man. Yeah. Awada's just like, come on. We've got to sell at least one of these bad boys, <laughs> please. <laughs> you yeah. say his name three times in a mirror and he pops up trying to sell you where you... Yeah, and it uh, it, didn't, it worked 13 million times, but apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> so w- with the Switch, you, you mentioned before that you picked it up because of Breath of the Wild since you're such a big Zelda fan. Did you get it like around launch or did you get it the first year or uh, a little bit onward from that? Day one, baby. Ooh. Got the... Uh, the gray console, the Switch Pro Controller, and Breath of the Wild. And I was annoyed that Mario Kart 8 had to come out, like it was coming out a month or two months later, I think it was. Yeah, it came out March. in, it came out in May. April. Was April? It May? Yeah. I think it was April. April 20th. So, yeah. I don't know why. I would pick that up at launch as well. But, um, yeah, I sunk my, sunk my, uh, my teeth into a bit of Zelda. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn came out two days later, I think, on PlayStation 4. Um. Yeah. It was annoying because it was. I really wanted to <laughs> play, play both. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, I had to kind of like do some like content, was obligated to do some kind of content on Horizon Zero Dawn. And if I wasn't obligated to do that, I wouldn't have played that game for ages and I would have just sunk even more time into Zelda. So, um, But yeah, I went down that rabbit hole hard. Uh, I didn't do any Divine Beasts up until maybe a couple of years ago or maybe last year. Oh shit! Before. Right, I went back and did one and two, two divine beasts now. But I've just been working through the the shrines. So I think I've done like ninety. Okay, 90 yeah. shrines. Yep. So you just like chipping um, through it as you go, type of thing. Yeah. So one day I'll turn it back on and and try and clean it all up. I've marked the rest of the shrines on the map. So next time I turn it on, I just have to go to those locations instead of you know fumbling around. Yeah. Turn on the turn on the switch. Put your headphones on. Listen to a couple of episodes of the House of Mario. You'll be set, mate. You'll That's be. right, mate. <laughs> the perfect podcast game. Absolutely, yeah. Like the perfect just, podcast for said game. Yeah, because that's I guess that is one thing about open worlds, which we were sort of complaining about the time sync before. At least you can sort of just uh, tune out and collect things and tick it off the checklist and be like, okay, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm not getting I'm, those Korok seeds. Fuck that. Yeah, no stuff that. You don't want the golden turd? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know, I don't want the golden turd. Yeah. And um, um, one, one thing I will say about the Switch, though, that I'm, even though I don't play it as much and I'm hoping to get into Mario 3D World a little bit, um, Mario Golf, I'm super hyped and super pumped for. I love everybody's yes. golf on PlayStation. So that I'm going to play heaps of. Yeah. So I, um, I haven't really played barely any Mario Golf. Um, I've only sort of recently been interested in golf games in like the past year. I actually got PGA 2021 last year on yeah, Xbox. Nice. I'm like, you know what? I actually feel like a nice chill just like, you know, playing golf game. I've obviously loved Wii Sports Golf, but the yes. actual sitting down with, with a controller and then like, you know, pressing A, hits the ball. Excellent. Um, <laughs> haven't really been that interested. I never picked it up on 3DS or... Um, never gone back to the GameCube or Nintendo 64 version. Just not really that interested in it. But now I'm really keen to get into Mario Golf. And what, what I want to do on the House of Mario Discord is actually like I mean, start up a tournament. Start up tournaments and stuff like that. I think that'll be a lot of fun uh, within our community. So, buddy, anyone else who's listening, you're all invited. Let's start some tournaments. And what's really cool about sort of 
uh, golf games and Murray Golf in particular is that you can actually do tournaments so you don't have to all be online at the same time. You're just sort of like high score chasing or comparing stats to one another. So Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm actually pretty excited about because it's you know, it's not the easiest being like, all right, let's all catch up and play Murray Kart or whatever. But I think uh, having that sort of um, that gameplay where you don't have to all do it at the same time, I think that's going to be really useful. Yep. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I'm I'm declaring right now that I, I'm entering the tournament and uh, I'm going to give it my every intention of winning said tournament. Well, it's not going to be too hard to beat me. I've got no golf experience. I'm going to play as Yoshi and I'm going to hit the ball towards the hole and I look at the wind. I'm like, yeah, so <laughs> I, I guess I better hit it a bit that way. Excellent. <laughs> that's it. And that's all you have to do. And that's how, uh, that's how easy it is. I don't know um, if the, the the golfers or the characters have stats or whatever, but um, I'll see that when the game comes out. But if there's no stats or anything like that, uh, I think I'm going to go Peach. Peach is my my girl when it comes to Mario Tennis. Um, she's fantastic. So I, I might continue that uh, that uh, that strategy. Yeah, I see why. You know, she's wearing those nice golf shorts and she's got a, you know hair up in a ponytail. I'll see what you're doing here, buddy, hey? She looks elegant and classy, um, which is can you know a lot can't be said for a lot of the other chums in the game. Like Bowser, just looking like Bowser. Like, come on, <laughs> come on, Chief. Like, step your game up. Where's your golf shoes? Where's your golf pants? Come on, yeah. come to the party. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm gonna play as Daisy then. All right, Daisy. I, I want to no, be no, nice that's... and elegant as well. But she's more of a tomboy, isn't she? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe <sighs> Rosalina. There we Yoshi's, go. Yoshi's a good character. Yeah, but he's not. Yeah, he's not elegant though, is he? It's part of his charm. Yeah, he's got his nice uh, big bulky boots on. What do you reckon uh, Yoshi's feet look like? I don't know. I don't think he has, like, they're not like ours. He definitely doesn't have five toes. I all, you know, he doesn't have five toes. I wonder if he has, I always picture him as like maybe a three or a four toed type thing. Yeah. Or are those boots his actual feet? Like they're not wow. boots. <laughs> that, that boy's my mind. See, he has no toes. Mm. Yeah, I don't that, know about that's that. That's bizarre. Like all of his balances in his tail, he doesn't actually need toes. Is that what? Is that what's happening here? I, I picture like a kangaroo. Maybe, maybe he's like a kangaroo. I don't know. Someone get Miyamoto on the phone. There we go. Where's Miyamoto? No, no, we can't get him. Unfortunately. Oh well. Damn. Unlucky. It's the time zone, I guess. Yeah, yeah. the time zone. Yeah, you know, they're probably asleep. You know, they're probably uh, working on the the Pikmin mobile game over there at Nintendo. Uh, Miyamoto is just <laughs> such a busy man. Such a busy yeah, man. Yeah, we better not disturb him. No. All right, buddy. We've been recording for an hour and 26 minutes. Is there anything else you'd like to um, say before we wrap this episode up? don't know. Thanks for, uh, thanks for allowing me to come back and uh, have a chat. Um, it's been good just to talk to you again, to be honest. Mm. Like we text every now and then, but... Uh, Good to talk to you and uh, talk about video games and the history with them. Like it's, I love going through this kind of nostalgia trip. Like even just talking halfway through, I'm like, oh shoot, I forgot to mention that, or you know, the the IDU story came up, or oh no, this I'm remembering. I'm remembering all these little tidbits now. It's 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 awesome. It's amazing what actually comes up when you're just like exploring like your memories and stuff. And you know, it's, it's a powerful thing because a lot of the time we're sort of like, especially um, 
as far as like games media and maybe the podcast you listen to or whatever, we're sort of like talking about like, oh, you know, these are the Switch Pro rumors. This is what's, this might be happening. Oh, these are the latest games coming out. Oh my God, <laughs> prepare your mm. wallets. Um, but yeah, just talking about just uh, why we actually love this stuff and why we're so passionate about it and want to talk about it each week. It's uh, it's pretty special. I think it's important that we do reflect every now and again so we don't get so caught up in um, you know, marketing and all of that crap that comes with the gaming industry. Yeah, this is definitely the type of stuff that I love um, doing more so than the other stuff. So, yeah, um, thanks for making that happen. Yeah, no worries. And uh, we need to play some um, like online games. I guess that's uh, that's Mario Golf or Mario Kart or whether I get into Apex Legends or <laughs> something yeah. like that. Yeah, do it. Um, Mario Golf for sure. Oh, 100%. Um, anytime you want to play golf, let me know. And there's any other uh, PlayStation games you want to hit up, just uh, you tell me what you play online on PlayStation and I'll tell you if I can make that happen. <laughs> um, even if I don't have the game or I'm interested, I'll, I'll kind of bounce in. I've almost thought about like getting uh, GTA 5 again. I saw a trading copy come to work. Mm. Um, it's quite cheap for me to get. I know that Betson has played online GTA every now and then. So I was like, maybe I'll just pick this up and um, maybe I'll jump into that. What was that? Um, what's that PS Five game? Uh, Royale. What's it called? That uh, that car game. I forgot, I forgot the name of it. Oh, Destruction All Stars. Yeah, Destruction All Stars. Do you guys still play that at all? Or nah, was nah. It- that was a flash in the pan. Played played heaps. I, I knew there was going to be no staying power with that. Play, played a decent amount of it though. I think I played like a hundred plus hundred plus games, maybe in the end, which is not a bad effort. But um, yeah, I knew that was just going to be a, a stopgap until. Uh, the next venture came out. so Yeah, because I was actually really looking forward to that on PlayStation 5 and I've only played it once. I sat down and um, like plugged in my uh, headphones, listened to the game. Then like all the chat just came through my through my controller oh, and I, all I can hear is like a foreign TV, people yelling at each <laughs> other. Uh, that, that The haptic feedback in the triggers just like vibrating on everyone's controller. I'm like, so no, I, just, I, just, you gotta, you, I just muted that. Yeah, so I had to um, go into it. I think they and patched that out. Yeah, um, I, I think they did. But that was the that, first week or so. That was my experience with it. Been like, all right, yeah, that sucks. Let, let's learn this oh. game. And telling, it's like, oh, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that haptic feedback, buddy, on the PlayStation Five. I'm not. I like not the, a fan. I don't think I am. Nah. Wow. I. I. It's. It's quite. What do you think of Astrobot? I love Astrobot. Astrobot was absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah. Went through and platinum that in the first couple of days. Yes. Um, because I could and it didn't affect my OCD too much. But yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just like in, in games like where it just like wants to, I hate it when it wants to be like tight with the tension. Like you've got to like, like in Astrobot. Call of Duty. Yeah, like the Call of Duty and like uh, Astrobot with like the springs and stuff. So it's just, it just makes yep. your fingers work more. I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting out of this. <laughs> like I don't know what, don't know what you're trying to do. I quite like, um, I forgot what PlayStation called it, but what's the equivalent of like the HD rumble and the joy cons? Like uh, that feels nice. Yes. The rumble feels awesome. Yeah, that's, that's really good. But yeah, I've actually, I have barely touched my PS5 actually. It's kind of just like, yeah, it's kind of, kind of sat there <laughs> every now and again. Well, if there's I'm, any games that you want to play, uh, let me know. Hit me up. Yeah. We'll do. We'll do. I'm online all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Even when you're at work, you're like, I'm still playing. Just like got the controller just <laughs> yeah, under, right. under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. plenty of consoles at work. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the House of Mario episode 183. If you enjoy the show, you can follow me at iDruby. You can follow the show at the House of Mario. And you can follow Buddy at Buddy Watson 12. 
Did I get it right? That's right. It's 12. Buddy Watson's 12 on Twitter. Uh, also at Radio Watson underscore and Radio Watson on all good podcast services, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and everything over there. I discuss all this type of stuff, music, movies, games, a little bit of wrestling, uh, anything that comes to mind. Recently did a topic on uh, January 26th, which is uh, known as Australia Day or an Invasion Day, depending on uh, your background or what your perspectives are. So um, that was really enlightening and probably the proudest conversation I've had more recently. going to be doing some more episodes coming up uh, quite soon once I change uh, podcast host now that uh, they're going to char- start charging me and uh, <laughs> limiting how much I can play. I've actually run out of plays. I didn't realize I was going to get uh, decent reception. So um, I've been uh, unable to upload stuff, but uh, hopefully that'll that'll change in the next month or so. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's... I know the uh, podcast host you're talking about, and yes, we moved from that one as well. And um, <laughs> guys, de- definitely go and check out Radio Watson on all god all good uh, all, well, all goddamn platforms. Yeah, go, go goddamn and listen to it. It's absolutely fantastic. A lot of variety of uh, what Buddy covers over there, and like Buddy said, the Invasion Day episode he recorded was absolutely fantastic, and it's it's maybe a topic a lot of people don't consider with uh, the Australia Day and the date that it's uh, held on and how um, how that affects the Indigenous community within Australia. It is uh, quite important that uh, we all sort of open our eyes a bit to, um, you know, how that community of people are treated. So definitely go and check that out. It's very, uh, very enlightening and I enjoyed it very much. So definitely a recommended recommendation there. All right, guys, the doors to the House of Mario are closed. <laughs> Catch you later. Uh, See ya. I went to hit the button and it was just Bryce. It's just a bloody goose. <laughs> when he's not here, it's just when Bryce isn't here, he's just the goose. You know, that's all he that's all his output is here. <laughs> <laughs> Untitled Bryce game. <laughs> I'll play that.